When you hear the phrase, soft as steel, what do you think of? While the word steel might conjure up images such as massive high-rise buildings, where does the soft part come in and what exactly does this mean in our work and in our lives? Welcome to the Soft as Steel podcast with your host, Dennis Duran, featuring engaging conversations with a wide range of industry leaders around soft skills, how we practice love, inclusion, social justice, and compassionate leadership that's everlasting in the workplace. And now, here's Dennis Duran. My guest today is Glodine Champion. Glodine is a speaker, author, leadership coach, diversity and inclusion facilitator. Uh, and what else, Glodine? Is that, is that the whole list or are there more <laughs> things we need to add in here? <laughs> uh, in short, Glodine serves society in so many different ways. She helps organizations empower their people by teaching them how to raise their awareness, own their belonging and collaborate in a way that creates innovative, influential teams in a culture people love. Recently, she became the Chief Business Development Officer of for Tilt 365. We'll likely learn a bit more about that new platform during our conversation. I've known Glodine for several years, and we have something of a very proper, very deep love affair based on a wide range of shared values and beliefs that are the foundation of our work carrying messages about love, inclusion, social justice, and leadership wherever we go. I think she's a miracle. She touches people in so many different ways with a mild touch, a gentle stroke, and when needed, a sledgehammer. Figuratively speaking, of course. Glodine, welcome. Thank you so much. That was awesome. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, maybe I found a new career path. Uh, I can write introductions for people. I don't know. Right. But, uh, I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah. So, soft as steel, Glodine, you, I know you've read my book. Uh, you've heard me talk. You know what I'm all about. You know that uh, even though all of my experiences in the construction industry, virtually everything I talk about has to do with people. Mm-hmm. And uh, we both know that regardless of the industry that we're talking about or society in general, uh, life, life and business is about people, people and relationships, uh, people getting to know each other and building those relationships over time. And there are opportunities everywhere. They abound on a day-to-day basis, but there are also obstacles and hurdles. And so, you know, one of my interests is to is to hear your thoughts on a number of things that relate to uh, the things that you and I share in value, starting with with the role and the, the meaning and the value of accepting a four letter word uh, as a key <laughs> ingredient in how we go about our daily lives. And that word is love. So let's let's start. Let's start right there. Um, what's the role of love in life? So. This is this is great that we're having this conversation right now because I was watching the movie The Village. Have you seen that movie by M. Night Shyamalan? No, but I will now. It's really interesting. It's it's slow, but it's slow by intention. Mm-hmm. And one of the lines in the movie was the world moves for love. It mm-hmm. kneels before it in awe. I mean, it was in reference to to something else, but I feel like by it, it stands on its own. I had never heard love described so beautifully and powerfully because it to me says that in the face of no matter what, love moves the world. In the face of fear, in the face of where we are right now in a bit of divisiveness in this country, 
love is going to be the thing that moves us to connection. Like, I firmly believe that. I don't believe that the majority of people in this country don't understand the importance of connection. I think we all want it in some aspect or not. And it filters into the workplace. Like, you know, I'm a firm believer that there is no business self and home self. Like the things that we're doing in business, the work that we're doing in the corporate world should filter out into their into the community, into people's homes, right? You can't you can't be a leader that focuses on love in the office and then goes home and is a tyrant in your family. Like that just doesn't doesn't make sense to me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I agree. So let, let's focus in on, on on the in the business world. Uh, you know, our good and mutual friend Steve Farber wrote a book entitled "Love Is Just Damn Good Business." Uh, my conversation with him was very interesting about love, and again, hearing uh, hearing his uh, his view of it, the importance of it, and again, just the, the recognition that that without without the, and I love your word connection. Um, you know, connection takes uh, the idea of of relationship building to a to a bit of a higher plane, you know, in a way, a place that uh, a lot of people are not necessarily comfortable with. Uh, it's it's why, in my view, and again, you know, I, I know you some I know you know something about the construction industry because you live someplace it was built. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm fairly certain of that. And you've seen you've seen tower cranes and you've seen uh, cones in the street. And you've seen all kinds of things. So, you know, construction and building is something that people uh, know, know something about, even in the most general sense. And so when you talk about connection and you say that to someone who wears steel toed boots uh, and a hard hat, uh, they they want to they want to take their own life, uh, and I don't mean that literally. But the, the idea of don't you know I I, I got a job to do here, uh, you know again you know yeah, and I know I got to get along with 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 you since you're the project manager. I got to get along with this this person Glodine who's coming in to teach uh, a, a diversity and inclusion workshop or something. But connection, uh, you know, I, I ain't going there. I ain't going there. How do, how do you deal with that? So I would say to that person, you need connection more than anything because you're putting your you're basically putting your life at risk. Wouldn't you want to be connected to the person that is responsible for that crane that mm-hmm. is that is is bringing that steel um the steel girder that could knock you off of the the frame yeah. that you want mm-hmm. or don't you want to make sure that if something happens to you and you're working on a high rise that the people that are working around you have your back. And that doesn't happen when they kind of know you or they mm-hmm. kind of care about you. It happens when they're connected to you. Mm-hmm. That's just, you know, <laughs> I, I don't I don't understand why it's so hard for people, but I think a lot of it has to do with the um, fact that most people look at change as something scary, right? They don't see it as an opportunity to learn and grow. So that particular construction worker, I would help them see that there's so much opportunity in the space of connection mm-hmm. uh, for them to learn and grow and be a better team member. Yeah. What do you think are some of the um, some of the elements of of what connection is all about? What 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 constitutes connection? So I I've redefined that the ABCs of love as I call them. So when one is able to own their well, for one, start with awareness. When one is able to recognize themselves, like to be self-aware, 
right? So they're, they know how they show up in different spaces. They recognize when they're being triggered. Because I think that's usually what happens when we go sideways, right? We get triggered by something and we're not and we're not aware that we've been triggered and then we react to it. And now both people are talking at each other instead of to each other. So just recognizing somebody just said something that made me feel uncomfortable. All right, I feel uncomfortable right now. Let me figure out another way to approach this so I can move through that discomfort. If you can own your belonging, I mean, you've heard me talk about my mom and the amazing job that she did raising me, but the very first, I feel like my earliest memories of my mother were being in in restaurants and places where we were the only Black people. And her goal, her primary goal was to get me to be comfortable in those spaces and to understand that I belong anywhere that I either want to be or can afford to be, and to recognize that our money spends green just like everyone else's. So she took she took the thing that most people are uncomfortable with when you gr- when you grow up, you know, in a segregated community. My mother made sure I didn't I didn't have that either. We we lived on a block that had I call it the United Nations of Linwood because there were there were a representation of basically around the world on a t- on a two block radius um, around my house. So if you can be aware not only of self, but situationally. So you're aware of what's going on in the space around you. You're aware uh, when you're in group environments, not only how you're showing up, but maybe how you're affecting other people. And then you can be in that space knowing that you belong there, no matter how somebody else may be trying to treat you, because that's what it is, right? People cannot make you feel some way. That was another thing my mother taught me. You buy into it because there's some level of... of um, lack of self-esteem or confidence that you're carrying, but the only, only person that can make you feel like you don't belong is you. So if, if you if people can get through those two things, connection happens automatically, right? Because now we're open. We can have a conversation. We can be honest with each other. There's no fear that, you know, you're going to treat me differently because I said something that you didn't like. You're going to figure out a way to, to help me understand that what I said wasn't cool and we're going to figure out a way to work through this together. Because at the end of the day, and this is what I this is kind of the where I am with all of this. At the end of the day, when something happens in this country, mass shooting, um, you know, police brutality, 9/11, I think we're coming up on the anniversary of 9/11, when things like mm-hmm. that happen in this country, people come together no matter what creed or color they are, right? We have a common cause that we're coming together for. So what if we could just do that without having some catastrophe be the impetus to bring us together? Uh, yes. Yes. That was a long answer to your question. But... Well, yeah, we, we have time. We have time. There's no, we, we're, you know, and, and I know the listeners were, are going to be enjoying listening to people like you and Steve and others rather than listening to me. But uh, so, so, let me connect connect a number of your thoughts to to this whole notion of of why I I wrote a book uh, about people's qualities and the importance mm-hmm. of those in leadership and building relationships and I and I use the analogy of of steel uh, being uh, important to the the life uh, the long life of a building just as in my view uh, a person's qualities demonstrated through their words and actions are what helps them to build successful relationships, to make connections. Uh, and uh, if, they, if they do that uh, without any uh, fear, 
uh, over time, they will also enjoy happiness. Um, what's wrong with anything I've said or what do you think? <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. I think that the thing that we need to really encourage people to move out of is fear, right? It's the unknown. It's the unfamiliar. But again, <laughs> I feel like I keep quoting my mother these days, but um, probably because I'm working on a memoir, her mm -hmm. story, my story, the things she taught me. But fear can only hurt us if we allow it to. I mean, it's just, it's, it's, it's getting in the way of things, right? But the question is, what are you afraid of? Like when you ask, like I was um, at an event the other day having a conversation with people. And, I, you know, I think I told you I drove cross country and mm -hmm. talked to people about love all the way to the South. I almost made it to you. And not one person turned me away. I was in the South. You know, I drove cross country with the fear that, um, you know, Black people were in harm's way. Like, mm -hmm. what kind of craziness am I thinking to drive by myself from California to the South? Um, but talking to people about love along that journey helped me see that the the only thing that would have stood in my way and the only thing that would have let that fear control me was if I didn't step into it, right? Mm -hmm. So I just think for every time I've been in a situation where I was afraid to do something, doing it showed me that it's not going to kill me. I mean, okay, yeah, if I'm afraid to jump off the side of a a building or a mountain without any protection, well, yeah, that would kill me. <laughs> but mm -hmm. short of that, if if I know that that I'm really not putting myself or anyone else in harm's way, um, the 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 thing to do is to to step into it. And what is the, the, one of the definitions of love? But courage, right? Mm -hmm. So it takes courage to move through the fear. Um, so I think that's the only that's the only differentiator. And um, what you said, or only thing that's standing in the way of love for a lot of people is fear. Mm -hmm. But there's nothing to be afraid of. So, and again, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, re, I'm gonna connect this back to the uh, the construction industry. Although I think I think you and and uh, and actually many other people have pointed out to me that everything that I that I talked about in my book, if you just changed a few words and maybe a couple of stories, uh, it applies to. Uh, every, every every sector of our economy. It's exactly. not just a construction industry thing. But yeah. if, you, if you do connect to the construction, we're talking about now. We're talking about fear, um, and you're talking to that that uh, that hard nosed uh, project manager uh, who spends uh, their days. And I was and, and I'll, I'll say it differently: who spends his days, because for the most part. You know where I'm going with this. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the construction industry, which I've been in for over 40 years, uh, has, and others, is still very, very, not only male, mm -hmm. but white male white dominated. Male. Yeah. So, you know, so if I'm, if you're talking to one of those guys, I'm pointing at myself right now. If you're talking to one of those guys, what do you what do you, what do you mean? What are you talking about? Fear? What are you talking about? Love? What, what, what's what? You know, I'm not afraid of anything. You know, I'm not, I mean, I, I I wear my PPE, my safety stuff. I got it all on. I'm fine. Not, you know, don't, what is this fear thing you're talking about? 
This is funny. Okay, so (laughs) I spent a lot of of years, probably 20 plus years in IT, also white male dominated, especially when I was hands-on, right? So I think part of that, part of this, even this conversation, like being able to speak to someone like that, I want to say like you, since you pointed at you, um, is the fear to be able to speak truth. Because here's what I have learned in my career. People are more willing to accept the truth if you can say it in a way that helps them understand that you mean no harm to them, right? Um, my mother used to say, "What you it's not what you say, it's how you say it. So if, if I was trying to get you to um, move through a space of fear, and let's say we were working together on a team and there was someone on the team that you were having a problem with, my question would be, my first question would be, what what is the problem? Mm-hmm. Right? Like, Without without placing blame, because this is how we don't get people to open up. What what problem are you are are you having with this person? And usually, it, it doesn't even have anything to do with the other person. Again, going back to self awareness, if I'm working with someone, and, and I'll just use myself as an example, when I was working in IT, and I was working with a lot of white guys, they would give me the really crappy jobs, the ones that nobody could figure out. And I used to go home in tears and tell my husband how they were making my life miserable. And he would mm-hmm. say, they're making you a better tech. Hmm. Because don't you always fix the problem? And I said, yeah. So he said, why are you getting upset? They're making you a better engineer. Mm-hmm. So so in this instance, I would just say that helping people see that you're being you're you're creating a problem with someone who really doesn't have any ill will toward you. But the thing that you're having the problem with doesn't have anything to do with them. It has everything to do with you. So the question now becomes, how do I help you move through this so that you all can work together? Because mm-hmm. again, we go back to if we're working on the highway or we're working, construction is a dangerous job, mm-hmm. right? doesn't mm-hmm. matter where you are. There is a level of danger that is associated with the work that you're doing. And if I can't, if I am afraid that you don't have my back, because we have some stupid beef that doesn't even that's not going to move either one of us forward and could p- potentially put one of our lives in danger. So mm-hmm. again, I go back to the you sh- we should care about the, <laughs> we should care about the the fact that you could potentially put someone in in harm's way and so let's figure out a way to work through whatever uh nonsense I call fear nonsense. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I I would uh, just a, a, a note to listeners. Glodine and I are talking about these these topics and these uh, important ideas with the backdrop of the construction industry. So some of you may be listening to this saying, well, wh- uh, if you're not in construction, what does it have to do with me? What does any of this have to do with me? Uh, and, you know, and I'll, I'll jump in with the first thought about an answer. And the, the short answer is everything. Uh, and, and, and the bad news uh, that follows is that uh, when you, when you Glodine, use a term like self-awareness, being aware of self, some people, frankly, don't really know what that means. Um, they, they, don't, they don't know, does it, does it mean that I, that I notice if my, uh, I've got a stain on my shirt, if I notice that my glasses are dirty? Um, you know, so uh, what is, what part of who we are is this self-awareness help us with? Let's see the best way I can explain this. Oh, okay. So self-awareness is recognizing how you may be affecting other people. When you can take you out of the situation, 
Let's say that you're in a situation and you're a leader and you bark an order at your employee and that employee visibly responds in some, you know, shakes or frowns or flinches. That's an indication that you said something or did something that affected that person. And here's what I, here's, here's the other thing about self-awareness. It starts inside of you first. We are, I believe that we are designed to be loving beings, right? That we are designed to take care of one another. So when we do something that's not cool, something that is hurtful to someone else, we feel it inside of us first. It might be a twinge in our stomach. It might be something in our chest, but there's something that happens inside of us that that for even a brief moment, if we are aware of it, is saying that wasn't good what you just did. Mm-hmm. Um, there have been times I, I would like to say that I'm, you know, I'm usually up upbeat and chipper all the time, but <laughs> there are times when I'm not in the mood for certain behavior. And um, I'm not quite this way anymore. I used to be this way where somebody would say something that I didn't like or do something that I didn't like. And I would say something that was rude or hurtful. And, um, but I felt it. There was there, you know, my stomach would not, or I I felt that what I did wasn't cool, but Mm -hmm. I had to grapple with myself. Like, is it that serious? Do I care? No, I don't. That's for the other person to deal with. And that's where self-awareness begins. Because when you start having those conversations in your head, then you're not and you're not caring about other people. And it's not about us. Right. It's not about me. I'm having a bad day. Why is my day more important than somebody else's? So why would I make somebody else feel bad because I'm having a bad day? Mm -hmm. So, again, it starts with inside of you and then recognizing how you are affecting uh, someone else. Yeah. And it, it it also again this 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 issue of of who we are and how we are with people in our lives. So you know I t- I talk about this idea that that uh, you know being able to do the job. The job is trainer, educator, chemist, construction manager, whatever the job is. Being able to do the job is obviously important. Uh, that's you know so there's there's a job description, there's accountabilities, et cetera, et cetera, and this is what you're supposed to do. Um, but but how you do the job uh, speaks to uh, the need to be aware of yourself in the way mm-hmm. you're talking about it, and, and to recognize. Uh, and this is the, this is kind of a fun thing that that every one of these conversations is going to include a number of the same elements, uh, because I I feel that w- the conversation we're ha- we're having right now. Uh, and again, this is a, a term that I learned in connection with uh, social media and podcasting, uh, <laughs> that, the, that the content would, will be evergreen. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and to me, that means that what we're talking about is stuff that uh, people may still be talking about in the same manner we're talking about it today, one, two, five, and 10 years from now. I, I hope, I hope to, to high heaven that's not the case, particularly <laughs> about some of these things. Yes. But, it's it's just like uh, you know even in the in the world of IT you know you know change is is the trite for, uh, term is change is constant um, and you know in a lot of industries they feel that the pace of change is either very fast or very slow and in technology in technology based businesses it's fast in the construction industry and in other professions professional mm-hmm. categories it's slow. Uh, you know, so the idea of saying to someone, you, you need to start thinking about uh, being more self-aware, 
uh, and I'm going to introduce another another word for, for us to to react to, and that is this whole notion of the fact that human beings have for every moment that they breathe, and particularly their waking hours, they are experiencing feelings, emotions. What sayest you about feelings and emotions, <laughs> Glodian Champion? And then, then the fear comes back. People don't even like to feel some kind of way, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I <laughs> I always laugh when when um, did have you seen that that show Man versus B? It's an, on Netflix. It's Rowan Atkinson. He was Mister Bean. Uh, uh, I'm putting it on my my watch list. Man yeah. versus Man versus B. And I bring it up because you know anybody that's watched Mister Bean knows he's kind of it's kind of slapstickish, but the thing about this particular show is this man is in this multi-million dollar home with a dog, a cat, and a bee. And he's focused on the bee and he can't like he can't just let the bee be bee. in the house. Right, exactly. And so I've watched this movie intentionally with different people that I that I know have like created this persona that they're always serious and, you know, they don't like slapstick. And I do it to to make them relax. Like all of that is a weight. You know, if you've created this persona that you're cooler than than ice and things like that aren't funny, um, then what are you missing out on? You know what I mean? Like if you have children and you can't laugh at slapstick and, and 90% of what kids do is slapstickish, especially if they have siblings. I mean, I grew up by myself, but I did all kind of nonsense as if I had siblings. Mm. That was completely slapstick. You know, if my mother didn't have a sense of humor, she would have been mad at me a lot. <laughs> a lot. <laughs> no, so, not you. <laughs> I mean, I used to take her, I used to take the radio apart and anyway, all sorts of things. Um, but I have people that I know are super serious watch that show because they can't help laughing. Mm-hmm. And that to me is like, if you can laugh and you can tap into that emotion, then you can tap into the other emotions, right? Again, though, we go back to fear. Fear is the emotion that people are more comfortable with because it it protects them from what's uncomfortable. And I think that we need to start getting comfortable being uncomfortable because there's power in that. Like, Again, you know, when I use myself as an example, if I'm afraid to do something, that's the thing I have to do because I'm not going to live my life through fear. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. That's our friend, Mr. Farber's use the word audacious. Yeah. You know, there, there, are, there, is, there is no box. We just no have box. to, we just have <laughs> to move forward. Um, no box. You know, one of the other things that I talk about quite a bit, and this will this will take us towards the end of our conversation, which actually could go on for another three or four hours without any <laughs> effort whatsoever, is um, uh, is this notion that uh, if if we if we think about um, who who we are as people, uh, and uh, and we stop and simply describe uh, each other as people, as persons, as individuals. Mm-hmm. And we don't go any any further than that because that is uh, those are common terms. Um, but you know, one of the problems that exists is that there is another common idea that is difficult for some people to embrace, uh, let alone understand the importance of, and that is that it is in fact differences mm-hmm. that are the most significant thing 
that every human being has in common with every other human being. <laughs> and also what makes us unique. Yeah. So why do we why do we continue to have to be talking about things? And that's, as you know, to the hours that you participated in in this Off the Seal Summit back in February mm-hmm. were entitled Inclusion and Social Justice. Yeah. And this is an evergreen podcast. <laughs> so what what we what do we say today? Um, and uh, part two would be, what would you hope or pray we might say a few years from now about this notion of differences? Uh, I would say that we have been conditioned to focus on those things, especially race. I mean, race isn't even real. There's the human race. I saw this on a T-shirt once. <laughs> it's uh, there's just one race human everything else is culture and i believe mm-hmm. that everything else is is culture even our difference even the things that make us different are associated with who we are culturally and i wouldn't have had that understanding had i not been in ghana like black people are colorful i mean i was in i was in three different parts of um africa and we are colorful and we are bold and outspoken and all of those things are part of what makes us unique collectively but individually where we where there's other things that that make us different right so let's let's take if we took race off the table and we just looked at people and I bring up black because obviously this country has been des- de- designed on black versus white mm-hmm. when when you hear statistics it's always black versus white as if there is no other culture in this country um but if people could just recognize that individually how we're made up there's something about each one of us that connects us to each other which is and if shameless plug here which is why i partnered with tilt because when you take personality assessments and especially if you take when you take personality assessments in the workplace there's no box that says i'm black or i'm white or i'm anything else or i'm male or i'm female it's about your makeup how you're how you are individually constructed right so what if for a moment and then oh and the, th- the distinction between tilt is that personality puts you kind of puts you in a box and makes you a type tilt has you focus on your character and character is something that we get to choose from day to day moment to moment how we want to show up in a situation right none of that has to do with our differences it's the it's when we put that on top of it. So I would say for right now, helping people understand that is where I would like this conversation. This is the way I teach the DEI. It's really, and I can't believe that I have talked to prospective customers who didn't know what to do with me telling them that I take race out of the conversation long enough to build a meaningful connection. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think that those companies are focused on checking a box and when you're checking a box, then you're doing doing the things that they say you have to to learn. But in my mind, you can't. I I'm refuse to teach systemic racism or bias or um, unconscious bias. I t- refuse to teach any of that until I can help people connect with each other in a real way. And that real way is understanding how we're wired, right? Mm-hmm. Because what what works for you may not work for me. So if we're sitting in a class together. And you have to ask questions because you need time to think about 
what you're going to say before you say it. And I ask maybe one question and I rattle off an answer. That doesn't mean I'm smarter than you or that you're smarter than me because you're taking more time. It's because you need to process information differently than I do. That's the only thing that makes us different, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it, it just, <laughs> in the future, I would just like it to be where people see each other and the thing that connects us. And again, I, I can't help going back to my cross-country trip. Um, the question was, is there more that connects us than separates us? And everybody said yes. And so if that is the case, wouldn't it be great if we could just focus on the things that connect us and stop making people's behavior about our difference and more, again, back to the self-awareness thing, more about helping them understand how they're showing up and us not taking. Maya Angelou once said, if you don't pick it up, you don't have to put it back down. So if you don't pick up what somebody else is throwing at you, then you don't have to put it back down and they have to deal with it. Mm-hmm. And you can and you can um, keep on going down the road uh, in your in your in your happy place, so to speak. <laughs> I feel like we should all be happy most of the time. I mean, life happens, but even in the space of bad things happening, there is always something good that comes on the other side of that. And I can tell you from experience, even losing my mother, like I thought I was never going to I was never going to come back from that. It took me a long mm-hmm. time to get through it. But what I recognize is that it what took me so long to get through it is because I was so focused on what I'd lost instead of being focused on what I gained. Mm-hmm. I mean, I had my mother for 29 years. She instilled a lot in me. She helped me become the woman that I am, but I couldn't see that until I was almost 40. Mm-hmm. So we're talking what, 11 years mm-hmm. for me to even put my wrap my brain around, you know, what I gained instead of what I'd lost. Did that make yeah. sense? Yeah, it does. Okay. It does. <laughs> I was like, did I go around in a circle just now? <laughs> no, no, it does make sense. So, Godine, your 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 thoughts are to to reconnect to the construction industry. Your thoughts are <laughs> thoughts that people can build upon. Yes. Uh, and so, so I appreciate those thoughts. This conversation has been way too short, but I know. Uh, there you have it. Um, where can people find you? If they want to connect, if they'd like to connect with you. <laughs> well, I I can be found on gloatingchampion.com or on social media would be LinkedIn, preferably, just because it's LinkedIn and it's different. Because <laughs> um, it's LinkedIn. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just, you know, so I, I'm on Facebook and Instagram, but I feel like my purpose in life is happening on on LinkedIn does it make sense? Yes. And I would agree with that. Thank you so much for your time. It's been a delight. And I'm glad you liked the sledgehammer reference. (laughs) Dude, that was great. (laughs) Thank you so much. My very best. We'll talk soon. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for joining us today for this episode of the Softest Steel podcast with your host, Dennis Duran. Dennis is the author of Softest Steel and a leading speaker and trainer for organizations across many industries and verticals. To learn more about the work Dennis is doing to activate soft skills in the workplace, contact him at DennisDuranSpeaking.com. Be sure to check out his book, Soft as Steel, on Amazon or wherever books are sold. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or wherever you'd like to get your podcasts. And please remember to share this episode with your friends, colleagues, 
and anyone you feel would benefit from the conversation. We'll see you next time on the Softest Steel Podcast with Dennis Duran. Produced by Audavita Studios. Connect your voice to the world.